Welcome to the Rolling Stone Studs, a podcast about the baddest boys of the British invasion, hosted by your own bad boys. It's Pete and PJ. <laughs> a Beach Boys Boys production. His tongue's getting tired. It's getting tired, you said, Pete? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, is this muddy waters over here? I just thought, is this one of the members of Little Boy Blues and the Blues Boys? <laughs> I, you know, I just thought we'd get into live fashion with a little bit of uh, live music ourselves. And, oh, live fashion. Yeah, got it. Um, and you know who? What better to play than a slide guitar while talking about the Rolling Stones? And also. <laughs> And that's a real crowd. Yeah. Uh, we, it's very COVID safe. Mm-hmm. We're in a completely empty theater uh, that has been filled by 6,000 people, uh, all following social distancing of at least one armchair in between each seat. And yeah. uh, they all have on those masks that are like the weird clear shields yeah. that are just like over your mouth. Right. We also um, offered them mesh so. seals or mesh uh, masks mm-hmm. when they came in, but no yeah. takers. Yeah, which I was surprised by because they're really breathable, which I yeah. would think would be comfortable. I think it's the, but, you know, it makes the most sense. It's the yeah. obvious option. So. <laughs> oh, they loved. You know, sometimes the best the best applause comes from when you really you don't think the conversation's going anywhere but then the crowd just really reacts and it it feels good yeah oh it's kind of got a clubby vibe (laughs) (laughs) oh man that was that was a uh, some physical humor PJ was doing there. It's hard to describe on mic, but he just did kind of a pratfall thing, and the whole you know the crowd and myself went went nuts for they it. They went nuts for it. Yeah, and he's okay, folks. Yeah, yeah. There, he's just he's just holding his back for the joke. Yeah, yeah. This crowd is really hot and cold. They'll they'll love something <laughs> one second, and then the next minute they'll turn on you. Yeah, really. You'll see. (laughs) I'm sure, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, nothing we're doing now is worth booing. Exactly. No, we've been on fire. El fuego, as they say. Oh, sure. um, Thus far. Anyway, how you doing, Pete? Oh, okay. I thought maybe there was more coming. (laughs) No. I was trying trying to take a back seat for a minute there, but I apologize. PJ, I am doing great. I'm oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah. worthy laughter. Um, I feel like a laugh track just really exposes how unfunny we generally, or well, at least I generally am on this show, and uh, it's good. It really gets one in their own head in a yeah. way that is helpful for recording a podcast. Exactly. You know the the best podcasters are all self conscious about. Um, how funny yes. they are, how entertaining they're, they're being. Yeah, they're constantly self-analyzing yeah. what's going on. How good they are at blues um, guitar. You know, we're being sarcastic, but there is at least one notable podcast I can think of off the top of my head that's entire premise is their hosts being constantly analyzing and uh, uh, being self-aware of exactly what they're doing and talking about the entire time. So, And that podcast is What the Fuck by Mark Marin. Mm-hmm. The first probably and only good podcast. That's true. Yeah. What if he and Serial teamed up, man? What would that even look like? Oh, That'd be so, pretty incredible. Somebody though. murdered Mark Marin, and they have to find out who. <laughs> the super team of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Mark the, Marin and Sarah Koenig. Yeah, the maybe? the original podcasters. Yeah, and Conan, I guess, for the triumvirate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Conan really changed the game when he started a podcast a year ago. The three most award-winning podcasts of all time. 
Joe Rogan doesn't get awards because of the liberal media. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of podcasts, kind of. Yeah. Uh, a restaurant down the street from my apartment here in foggy old San Francisco town um, has been closed recently because they were open for outdoor dining. Oh, and then, what? Uh, yeah. And then our city. Yeah. Our city shut down outdoor dining for about six weeks. So they've just been totally closed. No, <laughs> no movement, you know, and then like a week ago we were taking a walk and passed it and there was a vinyl sign above the door that said, thank you, Barstool Sports. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, that's a very weird sign for this random restaurant to have over their door. That's weird. Uh, what does that even mean? And I did a little bit of Googling and it turns out Barstool Sports is has started, it's been going on for like, you know, almost a year, like since the beginning of the pandemic, I think, Mm -hmm. but had started a like fundraising thing where then you could apply. If you're like a small business, you could apply and get a, a, like a donation, a grant or whatever. Um, that is weirdly, weirdly cool for Barstool Sports. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It led to a fun internet wormhole where then there was a local news article from San Francisco about, like the first restaurant in town to get one of the donations and the reporter, like they wrote the story about it and the reporter asked, uh, like if they had any, if the restaurant owner had any like thoughts or opinions about taking money from barstool sports because of their controversial nature of doing things. Yeah. Of existing as human beings. And, uh, and, uh, there was a long, long response on from Barstool Sports about why that was a really fucked up thing to do, man. Yeah. So anyway, apparently that restaurant has uh, got some money from Barstool Sports, and the lights are back on. They're reopening for dining, so people can hang out without their masks on. So good nice, for them. yeah. Like Barstool yeah. Sports wants it. Um, I think so. I, I thought you were gonna say it became a podcasting studio. <laughs> No, although like Barstool Sports, didn't they kind of, I thought they started as a podcast or like a video podcast kind of thing, I thought. Probably, yeah. And then kind of grew into more, doing more stuff, but I thought that was where they started. So my line of thinking was that podcasting made sense. Uh, No, but PJ, I will tell you on Craigslist, um, in downtown San Francisco, you when you click on the little bubble for jobs right next to a condom study uh, advertisement, there is a podcast network that's looking for ideas oh and uh hey now it really just seems like they're out to steal ideas because there's no it's like the sketchiest craigslist posting with just zero information about what it is what you might get paid you know like (laughs) any Mm -hmm. of it just really seems like they're trying to steal podcast ideas from people um you know we should give them the herman's hermits humans yeah they can have that podcast yeah, and they should. We'll see if it's an actual send them a scam hole. or. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we can kick the uh, band bros over there. Yeah. They can join up with Barstool Sports. That really seems like it's there. <laughs> yeah. Up their alley, you know. Yeah. They're really broy. They don't even like the band. They prefer the music no. musical stylings of um, Limp Biscuit and. Yeah. What's another band? Yeah, that they're bros. Listen to. <laughs> I don't know, Nickelback, I assume. It's a f- yeah. The Cars soundtrack. <laughs> a bro's a bro's favorite album, The Cars soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, life is a highway. <laughs> I guess that's Rascal Flatts. I don't know why. I get Rascal Flatts and Nickelback very confused in my head. I don't know we, why that I is. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, maybe on the podcast, but it might have just Did been we? us talking. I know Route 66 came up as mm-hmm. maybe I accidentally called it a Nickelback cover. I and think so. I had to correct myself, and so it came up that Rascal Flatts and Nickelback are like the same band in my head. I I I know that they're very different, but yeah, <laughs> just in the back of my head, I like I think of them as the same band. So I get it. Sorry, did I do that enough into the mic? Yeah. I, Peter complained before we, we started the show that there wasn't enough drinking or eat, eating sounds on the podcast. So 
No, and I said that as I was eating a banana, which I made sure and finished <laughs> before the show started. So that, there's nothing to do now. Hey, uh, speaking of drinking on the show, I uh, am going to go grab a beer in a moment, but I got a, a box of beer today, PJ, that was like really fucked up. I'd never seen this before, okay. but like half the cans were dented. You're going to get botulism. But, like, not... What's that? You said you're going to get botulism from dented cans. <laughs> you got me. I don't know what that is. Oh, people with with food that's been air airtight, made airtight in a can, oh. if the can is dented, I guess you can get botulism from it. And what does botulism do? Uh, you know Botox? Of course I do. It's like get that. It every few months? But more. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe I shouldn't because like half the cans are dented and then there was one at the very bottom that uh, I don't think there was a hole in it. Like it was it was like crushed, but then there was liquid inside of it, but it wasn't like leaking. Huh. Like it just seemed like it got like half filled and then got stuck at the bottom of the case. Weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's very weird. I think beer you're fine. You won't get botulism from beer. It's no, like beans and stuff. Yeah. It's alcohol. Yeah sanitary yeah botul bean botulism yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah i think i had an aunt that had that once yeah yeah grew up with my mother <laughs> don't don't eat that denny cans of beans because i would always take a can of beans and just like pop it open with my little hand can opener and then sit down on the fence next to the dirt road oh they're and, loving uh, this pete yeah <laughs> and uh use my use my one spoon to eat the can of beans but my mom would always be like don't be careful if it's dented because you'll get bean botulism like your aunt betty they're loving the alliteration pete yeah that's all i got is alliteration see and it just stops they're very hot or cold they like a joke for a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah and then it's just a hard, hard out on that joke well pj how are you doing do you, have you drank any dented beer recently no, but I had a, I picked out a a can of beer that was similar to yours, where it was like hmm. half filled. Yeah, this was like a few weeks ago, but it's interesting. That's weird. Don't you hate when you're down at the pub for a pint and uh, they give you that that pint of beer with a bunch of foam on top, and you're like, hey, now what is I'm paying for a glass, a full glass of beer, and instead you're giving me half foam. Yeah, you know, it's bullshit. Oh, they they don't like the observational humor. It's a little bit delayed. Oh no, I think I don't think you're reading the crowd right. I think they're booing the this bartender. Oh, they could be. Oh, they're, you know, they're booing at the, the same idea time. of not getting full beer, full beer glasses. Yeah. Have you ever had just a full a full glass of foam, PJ? Um. Well, every time I take a bubble bath, I do like to fill up a glass and drink it just because... Yeah. Tastes good. It tastes good. Um, You're, like, putting your own energy back into your body, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like... um, Similarly, I do the same whenever I take a bath with bath salts. Yeah. I just make sure and get, like, a good couple handfuls of bath salts inside of me, and then Mm -hmm. I feel really good. Inside what part of you, Pete? Uh, just straight up the butt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I, uh, sometimes I do crush it up and snort it like cocaine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rub it on, rub it on the gums a little bit. Yeah. You know, that'll, that'll cut your gums up. It hasn't yet. Oh, okay. um. Just salt is, you know, it's, it's a rock, so. I, I rock, know. what I've am I getting political it. here? Hey, Rock, The Rock for President 2024, man. Hell yeah. That's the only, him or Oprah, that's the only way we're going to win, bro. You know, I, I, I've i noticed The Rock has been going by The Rock less and less more. First it was The Rock, then it was Dwayne The Rock right. Johnson. Now it's just Dwayne Johnson. What's going on with that guy? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. See, that's kind of ironic because to my mind, the further into his career he's gotten, the more he just kind of looks like a rock because he's so muscly. 
it is honestly crazy watching like uh what's an early rock movie what's that one where they're in the jungle yeah walking tall is a good one um but how much he just looks like kind of a normal person but with some muscles yeah and then how insane he looks now and it's like he definitely focused on it but there has to be some sort of something extra happening there right there's just no way someone gets like that big you know i think what happened is well he started shaving his head at the same time so i think he went bald and had to overcompensate oh maybe yeah it's a damn so they say yeah they say with barry bonds Mm -hmm. you can tell that he was taking steroids because his hat size changed which is apparently like a rare thing unless you're on steroids yeah your head doesn't so i wonder if there's any Hollywood insiders who've done costuming for The Rock where he had to, all those rock movies where he's wearing hats, <laughs> if they're like, hey man, his hat size is up like three sizes in 10 years, you know? Yeah. And then inexplicably in that movie Moana, he's got hair again? What? <laughs> PJ, now, now PJ, that, see, that was a cartoon. He was just doing The Voice. So like he didn't have hair in real life. I, well, Hold on now. I never actually thought about this. What if he, in cartoons, what if they have to look like the person? That wouldn't work. Too many white people doing other people's voices, probably. Yeah. Not Moana, but in in history. I mean, (laughs) just generally speaking. Yeah. Mel Blanc would not have a career. It'd be hard as hell to do any animals talking. (laughs) He has to just keep switching, too. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That guy's so impressive. Very impressive. It's funny that most of his voices are the same voice. Yeah. It's well, him and uh, Frank Oz. Well, I guess Frank Oz has some different voices. No, but Miss Piggy it does and Yoda seem like he returns the to the same, same wells. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Piggy and Yoda. Yeah. Name a more iconic duo. Um, that baby from the Chumbawamba video. Sure. Oh, he didn't really have a partner. That baby Yoda. Speaking of oh. Frank Oz. That okay, a better duo. Yeah. Um, let's see, Baby Yoda and uh, HR Giger or whatever the fu- who the fuck is it? Yeah, is it HR Giger? Yeah, I think that would be a great combination. I would love to see what HR Giger can do with Baby Yoda. <laughs> who is it that's in the show? Oh, oh, uh, yeah. What's his name? God damn it, uh, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Yes. Every week I get excited going to the Beach Boys Boys email and every week there's nothing. it's just emails from SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a call to action, people. Email us. I don't even care what it's about. It doesn't even have to be about the Rolling Stones at this point. Yeah, you could just email us about whatever you want. Um we just miss you yeah. guys giving us um don't oh, okay, now don't overstep your bounds. I don't want to name any names, no. but don't overstep your bounds and uh find our last names. Um, but you Has know that happened. That girl on Instagram. She knew. Oh, she is your like, last name on Instagram? Yeah, that's your mistake, bro. Um, but you know, nice people who message us and are like real big fan of the show. Yeah, that's kind of all we want to lo- hear. We'd love that. Yeah. I also. It is interesting. Uh, I think we've had two people like two separate people amazingly uh actually like write in with their opinions on whatever music we're talking about at the moment and that's always appreciated too because as you can tell from listening to the show pj and i don't know jack shit and uh also just you know are very opinionated but do not cover the the range of opinions about the rolling stones like for instance some people might like them uh and be okay with the fact that at least half of them are sexual abusers. So yeah, or that uh, those they, are opinions we would love to hear. Yeah. Or people might think it's just fine that they stole their whole thing from black people. Yes. Yeah. And that should be that should be written into us. Yeah. So that we can roast you on air yeah. if that happens for being a fucking liberal cook. Uh, speaking of which. Mm-hmm. Or just speaking of, we talked about on a couple weeks ago, Tina Turner doing a version of uh, Under My Thumb. Right. Came up again this week because apparently they had Ike and Tina Turner as openers on several of their tours. Cool. 
So like, yeah, it was more of a friend cover than just a random person doing it, huh. which is interesting. That'd there was an interesting story. Yeah, right. There was an interesting story where when they were on tour in 66, I think, I forget whether it was Ike or Tina who was being quoted, but was saying that like, none of, they never like talked to any of the Rolling Stones except Mick, who would always watch their show from the wings. Mm-hmm. And they like at some point were like asking him if he wanted to learn how to dance because at that point he would just like stand on stage and shake his tambourine but without doing any moves or anything so they like taught him dance moves which is pretty funny that is and also like it's crazy thinking about mick not being crazy on stage yeah because that's like his whole thing now is prancing around and pointing yeah (laughs) such a good pointer so those finger, those fingers, and those, yeah. those lips, man. Those you know, before he got famous as, lips. as a musician, he was. Um, they didn't have laser pointers in the '60s, so he would. Uh, he'd point to the blackboard for high school mm-hmm. teachers. That's. Um, he said he was enrolled in school the whole time, you know, like as his backup plan. But what he meant was he happened to be at a school, right? And he was doing uh, work study as a blackboard pointer. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, Pete, what are we talking about this week? I don't know. Oh, fuck. I'm so lost. (laughs) I feel like I just woke up from a nap. Yeah. (laughs) Like right now. And it was like, oh, yeah, we were in the middle. It's like when you're in class and you fall asleep and then you wake back up and you're like, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on still. But I also could have missed the teacher like assigning us some really important shit. So, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, PJ, this week, we're talking about the Rolling Stones. Oh, Big surprise, I know. Perfect. Specifically, we're talking no, about it's a, Got Live, if you want it. That's right. Uh, the Rolling Stones' first, but not last, live album. Yeah. Um, we we usually get into the, the punctuation and grammar of albums. Um, this one's mm-hmm. weird because it's Got Live, if you want it. The only capital letters in it are live. Yeah. The G in got, not capitalized. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's definitely, you know, it. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Rolling Stones influenced modern hip-hop by not capitalizing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, that's a really big thing now. It only could be better if instead of that exclamation point at the end, it was just a period. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, they really wanted to emphasize that it was live, which will be ironic when we get into talking about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting album. The Rolling Stones were in, were interesting men. (laughs) Are you writing an essay that you need a few more words for? Rolling Stones. Interesting I'm guys, those Rolling not Stones. Not kidding. I felt like I fell asleep in the middle of that <laughs> sentence. I know I just made a joke about it, but I actually paused to a degree where my brain. Oh, man. Did you drop your bean a few minutes ago? It's a rough one. No. No, PJ, I would never on a podcast. No, I would never. I don't think I. No, I would not want to. I already. <laughs> in my head enough maybe during the show i do not need the aid of drugs i think you should drop your bean before the next podcast record maybe when we do her satanic majesty's request i'll be high for it yeah so we can see what what that's like yeah um so yeah the stones live as we've we've already heard a few live tracks that london i think it's only the u.s releases but i might be wrong about that um have released a couple uh, scattered live tracks that I think both of us have always enjoyed. Yeah, they were really good. Remarked upon the the energy they bring, the intensity, uh, the way that they sometimes translate their songs from studio to the stage is always interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, the Stones apparently realized that other people felt this way. They also thought the only good songs on December's children were those random live ones. So they decided to do a whole live album. So 
it actually started as a or the the first version it's really two fully distinct separate albums but with the exact same name because Decca and London suck so in 1965 there was an EP released in the UK called Got Live If You Want It also all lowercase except for live also with an exclamation point hmm. it is five songs from their 1965 tour weird and then the one we we're going to talk about today this one's like actually kind of hard to find um that ep and I, we're just gonna skip over it it's nothing honestly that interesting looking um sounds good to me it's everybody needs somebody to love it is pain in my heart route 66 i'm moving on and i'm all right which we've already heard i'm all right and a route 66 live i don't know if it's right. the same versions but we've already I w- heard I a would couple assume of those so and then um yeah so let's see oh and then the everybody needs somebody to love is this right wikipedia says that that's only a 30 second long clip so it's like a weird intro so it's really only like four full songs so huh. we can skip it it's all covers it who cares okay but we're going with the u.s uh got live if you want it which is a full album but all taken from their 1966 tours uh of completely different songs mm-hmm. so all right uh not sure why they decided to name them the same thing except that i think they thought they were really funny because the title is a play on an old blues song called i've got love if you want it oh i wondered why they some of their patented humor the Rolling Stones, known as the funniest band in rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, we call them the baddest boys of the British invasion, but really people call them the, the clowns from oh, London town. The crowd is mixed. They're laughing and booing. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's pretty half and half. And right clapping. Now. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know what the hell's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, the, thir- the balconies jumping in with applause for all yeah. the, for some reason. Um, so this album is kind of a shit show and uh, to the degree that the Rolling Stones in later interviews said that their real first live album wasn't until the early seventies when they're, okay. I think it's their next live album comes out, get your yeah, yeah's out. Yeah. And, uh, but we're going to talk about it anyway, because it's worth talking about. And, if a band says it's not official, we especially want to talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't give the band the benefit of the doubt ever. No. Well, it's either really bad, so we want to hear it, or they're trying to hide something, maybe yeah. that it's really bad, or other, so we also want to hear it. Like, no matter what, we want to hear this thing. Oh, absolutely. So the Stones at this period, PJ, yeah, PJ. were very famous for their live performances. Um somewhat similar to the early Beatles um, who had already stopped touring actually by 66, 66, right? Wasn't their last tour in 65? No, I think they stopped. Never mind. People always say 67 is when they like stopped touring, but I get, well, maybe like they toured in 66. Yeah. So they finished their 66 tour and then people expected them to have a 67 tour and they just decided not to do it. But the Rolling Stones, hey, speaking of, I just noticed that it was their tour, Wikipedia said, supporting yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a detail we missed from the Aftermath album. <laughs> In the US, Aftermath only went to number two. I don't think we ended up talking about this. It only went to number two behind Yesterday and Today by the Beatles, <laughs> 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 which is incredible. That is great. Uh, that's a great, a great joke against the Rolling Stones. If people don't know, Yesterday and Today is, it was like kind of a compilation album, right? Or no? Yeah. It, yeah. It was like no new song. It was just, it was kind of like one of the Rolling Stones US albums where like, yeah. Yeah. Their first big artistic statement gets topped by a Beatles comp album. Yeah. Anyway. um, So kind of similar to the early Beatles, but obviously kind of went after the Beatles are, are almost done touring. The Rolling Stones were like the band to see. Um, and they still had a like strong kind of mania around them and their shows. And mm. due to their reputation as rough and tumble guys, their concerts kind of caught that stigma as well. Um, although in reality, it was basically just like 
excited teenagers. Yeah. Um, but you know, whenever the stones would show up, the local police would get all huffy about these ruffians showing up to their town and stuff. So, which is um, another way in which Thrilling Stones um, inspired hip hop. Ah, PJ, you're so right. When Odd Future got banned from Australia, I think it was (laughs) banned from performing in Australia. uh, It was so they, Tyler, the creator, he walked onto the, he walked off the plane and was like, it's all, it's all Mick, man. Mm -hmm. It's all due to Mick. He started the path. We're all going down now. Yeah. R.I.P. Tyler. R.I.P. R.I.P. That kid. Poor guy. Um, you know, it's really disappointing that he stopped rapping. He really stopped being a rapper, and that's just... Was it you who met him? Met is strong. I floated down the same river as him at the same time next to him. Okay, so I think I'm combining two stories, because you you and him were floating by each other down this river. Yeah, they're... yeah, doing a concert in the town I went yeah. to college in, and people would float the river on inner tubes, and yeah, he he and other Odd Future members passed our group during our float, which was fun. Somebody, I think, else, maybe Jake, I don't know, somebody it's possible. Um, has a story where uh, he like was going into the grocery store, and he was riding a skateboard, and he got off the skateboard, and he was like, you really? going to the concert later? And they were like, no. And he goes, that sucks for you, and then just walks into the store. <laughs> That's awesome. I would truly believe that. Yeah, they were, they came to um, Missoula, Montana is where we're talking about. They came to Missoula, like, every year for, like, six or seven years in a row. Yeah. Um, and they were, like, uh, they probably did this everywhere, but they were, like, well-known to they like showed up at like 10 a.m. that morning and they were always like around town doing something yeah. the day of the concert. So like it was really easy to run into them, which was kind of cool. Um, I also heard, I feel like I heard that it was like really easy to like get onto their bus and stuff. Like if you were just hanging out like near their bus at the right time mm-hmm. when they were like before there was like a line for the show, but yeah, when they were still there getting ready, like, hmm. Uh, supposedly people got to get on the bus and hang out. Interesting. <clears throat> That's the first show I ever felt like an old man at. And I was only like 19 years old. And I thought I was still hip for, no, I thought I was still hip for being into Odd Future. And I went and it was so many high schoolers. It was amazing. Uh-huh. Like it was probably 75% high schoolers because it was a like 14 up show or something. Um, and then like the rest were college kids or like kind of, more hip 30 year olds and it it felt very weird the concert that i went to that made me feel like that was i went because the headliner was real big fish um nice but there was a band i had no teenagers there (laughs) right but the opener was a band i'd never heard of called suburban heroes who are a ska band that almost does exclusively disney covers and they were the featured band at disneyland for a while wow yeah that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Man, to be the featured band at Disneyland, that yeah. would be They were like a solid band, else. but they were doing like a lot of Disney covers, and I was like, this is weird. Yeah, that is but weird. High schoolers love huh. that shit, apparently. That's really interesting. Have you ever gone to a show just for the opener? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Off the top of your head. Or what? what is one off the top of your head? Off the dome, um, uh, Antarctica Vespucci and mm. andrew jackson jihad now i guess they go by ajj now um were sure. both playing and i just do not give a shit about ajj i just don't oh, care. okay so we were like in yeah. the front row for antarctica vespucci and it was fucking killer and then ajj got on and I, we like left oh actually you know what we did the same thing we drove to denver for a jeff rosenstock concert and then um AJJ was the headliner, and we left after oh, Jeff really? Rosenstock yeah. played. Yeah, it happened two times with AJJ because I just don't give a Sometimes shit that, about them. Yeah. Sometimes that happens with weird, like, almost double bills. Yeah. Because um, I would actually – I feel like Jeff Rosenstock should be the headliner of that show, but I don't know when it was. Maybe they were more famous at the time. Yeah, um, it was a while ago. I have to imagine that that's what anyone – 
going to a Rolling Stone show in 1966 felt like though is like showing up as like a 24 year old and thinking you were like hell yeah this is like really cool music and being like really into the blues or whatever yeah and then showing up and it's just a bunch of teenagers that and like your little sister or whatever and you're like god damn it that would suck (laughs) no I'm old as shit so they wanted to capture and capitalize on their their touring fame um which actually like was a little bit weird back then or like rare ish back then. Like the, the Beatles never did a live record. Um, yeah. The beach boys never did a live or, I mean they did, but it was not a famous one. Yeah. Uh, their live one in the seventies was more like, like way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it wasn't super common. So I think they were kind of trying to like ride, um, you know, go a little against the grain there. Yeah. So they planned to record the full length version uh, at Royal Albert Hall, so they could say that, and uh, they printed the LPs saying that it was recorded live at Royal Albert Hall. But about a few minutes into the show, the crowd stormed the stage and stopped the show. <laughs> uh, so they decided to not do. I don't know. I'm a little unclear. It's like it doesn't seem like that should derail recording the rest of it. But um, so they apparently scrapped that whole idea. Um, and stuck to like piecing together songs from different different stops from a tour. Um, that incident also got pop bands, rock bands, mm-hmm. uh, banned from the Royal Albert Hall for a long time. That's so fucking metal, dude. It's also like in twenty twenty one. It just feels wild that any place would be stuffy enough that it's like. Because it's not like they were storming the stage the way one would storm the Capitol, right? For example, hypothetically, it was like literally just teenagers who were like had crushes on them. You know, like it's yeah. not like nothing was happening, <laughs> but like that in 1966 was apparently like so threatening to like old people and the establishment that they were like nobody of your ilk can play. The Yardbirds never touch this stage now. Um. So yeah, so they ended up cobbling together uh, songs recorded at other tour stops and also a couple studio tracks that they just added crowd noise to. (laughs) Really? Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's dumb. Both the UK EP and the US full-length version uh, have studio overdubs as well Hmm. on the live tracks. I just want to say, what kind of person would pretend that Something that is pre-recorded is something that they did live just by adding crowd sound effects. Yeah, they, they've got me on this one. Yeah, it's insane to do. Um, and what's even better is that, like, the Rolling Stones clearly had no shortage of live material, to of recorded live material. Like, they were recording whole shows all throughout their 1966 tour. Right. Um. And they had a couple shows broadcast like on radio live and stuff like that. And so it's like, it's just not that hard to get actual live songs. I wouldn't think like, it's just a very odd choice for them to take studio tracks, especially because the studio tracks that they end up doing are, I think both just covers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who gives a shit that those are even on the album (laughs) at this point in 1966, it could be, it should be like all originals unless it's a really great, live version of something right huh um so it's a weird decision and the rolling stone like i said they've kind of uh uh denounced this album and um shoved it off to the side because they are kind of ashamed of it it's also a weird album because there's just like not very much actual information about it right like weirdly whoever the person was who like recorded all of the tours or all the the specific shows that they pull from like all those like masters have disappeared and like no one knows like where the original like it's just weird stuff like that where like um maybe it never even actually like people just don't know a a bunch of the songs they're like they don't know which show it came from that's basically because like whoever whatever guy they hired to do it um like lost stuff. Uh, also, interestingly, real quick, 
the way that they the best way apparently that they had to record a live album back then was uh just by hanging microphones off the balcony (laughs) so that's we will so we're gonna get a lot of crowd noise here of course and also just like not not great quality which makes some sense but is really funny that that's the best they had right they couldn't you know record directly from the soundboard that they were already using i mean were they using a soundboard i mean to yeah to to my mind we're in a period of live concerts where it's literally a drummer and then like four amplifiers on stage with everyone plugged into it and then like the microphone plugged into the like a PA on either side of the stage and that's your Well, I mean, I feel like I think they still And then you have some to... guy stand out there and tell people to turn it up or down to get the mix right. That could be, but I'm pretty sure they had like cuz they were doing like county fair tours and stuff, so I think they had sound at places in the 60s yeah. like they had I guess I don't know. I was just cuz I mean, I guess I had thought that was kind of the prevailing uh like reason why all early Beatles, like all live Beatles recordings just suck because that's like there wasn't a soundboard to record through because they were literally just playing. And also why you couldn't hear over the crowd if you were yeah. actually at those concerts because people could like that many people could just scream over the amps. Well, I think wasn't that well, I think that's why it was such a big deal is because they had, you know, the speakers at Candlestick Park and then there were oh. so many people screaming that you couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, write us in if you were at that final candlestick park show. Mer- send us a send us a note, a little photo of your ticket stub. Meryl Streep was there apparently. Sure, of course she was. Why wouldn't she have been? Exactly. And who who can forget the day that the Beatles and Meryl Streep met? That's my favorite movie. Meryl Streep playing yeah. herself, of course. It's part of August Osage County, I think. Significant plot point in that movie. I was thinking Kramer versus Kramer. Maybe it comes up in both. It could be. She really likes to bring up, yeah, that, yeah. She that history too. of her own life in, in movies. Yeah. Well, you want to get into the album? PJ, let's get into the album. First song. Is that our crowd or theirs? Who knows? Who can tell? This was a real recording, just... Whose voice is that? Uh, it's some guy who used to play with them in, like, the London blues scene. I forget his name exactly, but... Some guy who was in, like, the Alex Corner blues band. Alexis Corner. Yeah. Under My Thumb... Uh, I've never heard any version close to this. This no, is wild. a lot of bass. Yeah. Mix sounds good. Mix sounds good. I do. I really like the guitar taking over the marimba part. Like It makes it just a very different song. Oh, it's good. It's also crazy because obviously like they only got to this version after they recorded the version on Aftermath. Right. But if they had come up with this idea first of like having the guitar lead like this, I feel like this would have been the actual version of Under My Thumb because it feels a little more stonesy. Yeah. Of like having the lead guitar riff happen. It's good. It's really good. I want to hear a studio version like this, honestly. And once again, sound they sound like the energy that Nick has when things are live is like. Yeah. guitar solo too. Yeah, that's. I was. I was gonna change it, and then I knew the guitar solo was coming. All right. Get off of my class.
You know what's interesting? Um, I feel like every band has this tendency to speed up their songs a lot live, especially yeah. younger bands. Right. Um, and I think of it as being a thing, or I guess I just don't think of it as being a thing that would happen this like in this early era of rock and roll but it was a thing like in the 50s too that yeah bands like or like chuck berry and stuff would play like really really fast live and uh it just gives a crazy like weirdly kind of modern feeling energy to it yeah it's really like this one's really good i like that people are yelling along like the responses Yeah. yeah for sure Sound. I guess not modern, but just it sounds more. It sounds ahead of its time. It sounds yeah. more like it could have been recorded For in sure. like the late seventies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a punk show, you know. I could hear that. Um, the song is amazing. Always will be. Um, Lady Jane. Crazy that they thought they should include a live version of this. Yeah. It. It was like. And again, track three, man. What the fuck? Do you think? Brian insisted. Maybe. He's like, we have to... The dulcimer has to be on the album. He was like, Keith, I need guitar. What do I get? What do I get? Yeah. Anyway, this song is a piece of shit anyway. Still. It didn't get better. I don't hate it. It's actually maybe a little bit better live just because you have the drums on and stuff. Like, the whole band is participating, so... No, I I like a little more rhythm to it. I, I don't like this at all. It sounds like shit. Yeah, but do you Mostly think maybe this summer. was the song where Mick got to be, like, sexy for all the teenage girls? Oh, know? I bet they ate this up. Yeah, exactly. Like, you need a ballad for the women. Yeah, the ladies love a ballad. It's when all the guys go pee and the women... I know when I'm up there and I play the my ballad... All the dames are screaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Not fade away. I like this part. Yeah. Once again, it's very good. Like, totally sped up. Yeah. It's good. It is. It is it's not love this song, but it's good live. I like this song. Um, it is interesting how good these some of these recordings sound, even though it's just microphones hanging from the balcony. Yeah, like they got pretty good sound yeah. despite that. But right. I've been loving you too long. This is a studio version. With yeah. crowd noise added. Huh. And it's really bad. Like, it sounds like a really uh, rough demo tape. Is, so did they take the actual versions that were on the album? Uh, or did they take, like, No, outtakes? I think they took different versions. Yeah. Like, whichever version sounded the most live. I kind of like it. It is better than their previous version we've heard yeah. like i like his vocal more because he's yeah. trying or he's he's Having more fun in his, with it. uh yeah yeah he's doing more falsetto which is cool yeah i i like any every time this came up when i was listening to it this week i was like waiting for his like getting up there right? yeah um, it's pretty good i like this one yeah fortune teller yeah this I'm pretty sure is a cover let me double check that yeah it is not a fan of this song no it sounds like they're trying to be uh, the Beatles (laughs) the Beatles via another R&B right the last time this is also pretty nuts totally spinning. 
Are they playing Satisfaction at the moment? They were. Yeah. Nice. It's weird that they left that in because... Yeah, that is weird. Like, because Satisfaction will show up later. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, yeah. They'll do that at a concert, you know, like, go from one song to another seamlessly. Sounds weird on an album when it's not the song that Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It's fun. 19th They did break. the harmonies live, which I'm kind of impressed by, honestly. Yeah, it was like that they bothered. Yeah. This one sounds like they're playing four different songs. It's not very good. No, it's actively very bad. They're, it's like they just got back on. But yeah, this is like one that does not work out. Sped up. No, I feel like this and Get Off My Cloud should similarly be like awesome live because they're both kind of upbeat, a little yeah. bit punky. But this one songs, but uh, time is on my side. The drumming there was actually getting kind of good. Good job, Charlie. Oh, Fortune Teller, by the way, was also a studio one with noise adding. This one's good. It's fun. I like it. I think we talked about on our live Peach Boys episode how I generally don't really love live albums yeah. unless there's something, unless they're doing something actively different. Right. So like Under My Thumb is cool, but then most of these it's like, it just sounds like how it does on the record. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it, it did have a strong first two and then um, it kind of goes down from there. I did really, I mean, I really like this one live, but it is not much different than the in the yeah. studio. Alright. I'm alright. This is good. I wonder I doubt this is the same recording that they used for the December's children. Still got that nice guitar line. Yeah. It is different because they're actually saying I'm alright instead of it's alright. Oh yeah. yeah. He learned the words. <laughs> someone had the someone pulled him aside and went, no. Buddy. It's I'm alright. They went to genius lyrics and uh, like, dude, they're doing wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know, that's fine. The next track, weirdly, will be the first the first time, I believe, U.S. audiences here because it hasn't come out on an album yet or a single. That is interesting. Have you seen your mother, baby, standing in the shadow? A really great song. Talked about yet? Nope. Okay. I think it shows up either on Between the Buttons or on Flowers. Okay. Anyway, it's a really good song. Um, it them doing it live is like a little bit faster and it's kind of nice, but it's not much different. Alright, I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah. It's it's decent. It's interesting. I love the guitar. I feel like live is not the best way to first hear a song. That's fair. Yeah, this is good. I do like this better. It's, it's All of their hits sound really good live. Yeah. 
And also their harmonies are really good live, which is weird because they suck when they're doing it in the studio. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, even the less good ones are just at the same level yeah. as the studio recordings. Exactly. So. Although, to be fair, on Aftermath, they started getting some good harmonies in, so maybe like touring and doing the harmonies every night is kind of them helping them get the practice in. And so be. on record in the future, they'll be better. Yeah. Uh, have You Seen Your Mother, Baby, by the way, takes uh, the title or the... Um, the award for longest song title from under assistant west coast promotion man that's for a the bummer Stones. we'll see if we'll see if there's any longer ones yeah however the uh west coast under assistant whatever um is a way better title yes yeah, yeah have you seen your mother have you seen in the shadow it's kind of fun that it's so insanely long for yeah. no reason but I kind of would rather it's like an album title. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a cool album title. It's and also just really nuts. I mean, who let them do that? It seems like an era where they would not have been allowed to release a song title that long. Yeah, it seems like every Beatles someone would have been like, like cut it or do parentheses. Was one word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, then, like, it seems like. The whole last half should be in parentheses. Yeah, exactly. And I was thinking it's weird it's not a parenthetical. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Anyway. It's, there's, that's that's got, got live if you, if you want it. I don't blame the Stones for disowning it. Yeah. It's just fine. I mean, I don't know. It's not that bad, but yeah, it's nothing no, special. No, it is <laughs> exactly middle of the road, is what I would call it. Um, yeah. Which I is, do wish... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Well, I do wish it was, I mean, it was more what they were trying to do. It's just one yeah. full concert. I sent you a YouTube link. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had time to listen to it or not, but of someone had put on YouTube their like full concert recorded in I th- somewhere in Honolulu or something yeah. in 1966 that was broadcast on the radio. Yeah. And it's like similar sound quality, not great, but it's much more interesting hearing them just play a full show right, with like the, the inter song banter. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like it's it's yeah, a I lot didn't get a cooler listen to all of it, but it was this the this. first ten minutes I listened to was cool. Yeah. It's very interesting and it's yeah, it's really fun like hearing them talk on stage and getting more of an idea of who what, these boys are. Like yeah, it actually gives you an idea of what seeing the Stones live is like, which this album does not do in any way, I wouldn't say. Yeah, not at all. Not even a little bit. So they'd failed in their mission. Yeah. Um not to sell more records. I think they probably succeeded in that mission. They probably sold a shitload of these. Oh, yeah. Um, For all those little boys whose mummies wouldn't let them go see the Rolling Stones. At Royal Hell. Mommy, Royal may I have a Stones album? Please, Mom. I want the Stones. One more Stones album, please, Mummy. It's crazy that we got actual recordings of children in 1966. It was really fan. The BBC did a whole yeah. uh, like series on children who would beg their mummies for new <laughs> rock albums. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like how now, like the New York Times is obsessively, like every few years, will write a long ass article about how video games are like ruining children. Yeah. Uh, or like screen time in general Mm -hmm. uh you know back then the bbc they just couldn't let go how much how much little children wanted rolling stones albums please mummy you know we we do have fun here but that is kind of true the bbc in the 60s hated any music that sounded like this and they wouldn't play it yeah yeah i mean england just in general was so fucking stodgy at the time it was insane and uh those limey bastards but then it was like it was stodgy in a weird way. Like maybe I have a historical blind spot. And so maybe this wasn't true, but it like as compared to well never mind. Okay. <laughs> I think what I, what I was about to say is completely not true. So let it I'm roll, not. Pete. Nah, that's okay. Will you tell me after the show? 
Uh, sure. Okay. But yeah, just stodgy, like in yeah weird ways where they're like, well, we can't play this on the radio. Yeah. It's offensive. The song Lola um, by the Kinks, um, which is about having sex with um, a, a trans prostitute. Um, mm-hmm. The BBC weirdly didn't care about that at the time, which is bizarre. Why would they? But yeah. they had to change it from Coca-Cola to Cherry Cola on um, BBC Radio. Yeah, no no cocaina talk mm. on <laughs> BBC, <laughs> man. No way. Not those Brits. That's true. Uh, do we even want to rate this? I would give it a five. It's I'm giving it a row. meh out of ten. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we have I don't to even know it. if it's worth it. I don't rating. think this should, yeah. I think later on, like, the Get Your Yaya's Out is, like, actually kind of a famous Rolling Stones album. Yeah. So we might, we we'll might rate feel that like one. we should rate that this one. This one, they don't count, but I just, it'd be fun. It, we just thought it'd be fun it's, to do a mini ep about it. Oh, yeah. And anyone listening will be like, thank God they, we got Prime, yeah. Prime Pete and PJ today. Exactly. <laughs> that is funny. So, all right. Yeah. It's really good. It's good stuff. Somehow, my lighting on at least the video that I'm seeing has made it look like my entire face is just pale white. You look like it's a really ghost. creepy. It's weird because I'm in a dark room with a like very yellow light next to me, so I don't know why it's making me look super white, but it's making other yellow stuff in my screen look white too. It it really makes no sense. That's very weird. Is this the video equivalent of having a stroke? Like if you smell burnt toast, you like are having a stroke, but if you see on your video it's just all <laughs> white yeah. all of a sudden. Exactly. You're like, oh shit, my uh I gotta I gotta go lay down and call a doctor. That's what that cream song is about. In the sure. white room, I'm having a stroke now. You know, that one. PJ. Peter. That's true. Hate cream. Can't stand them. Fuck a super group, you know? Yeah, you hate super groups. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the super groups you hate. The Traveling Wilburys. Cream. Cream. The Traveling Wilburys. Outcast. Several iterations of Yardbirds. The New Yardbirds. Outcast was a super group. I mean... I don't know. Were they people like? Were I, they famous before Outcast? I guess. I don't, I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Um, like Cream wasn't. I guess Cream became. Cream wasn't a supergroup when they got together, were they? Yeah. What was Ginger Baker in? Because Clapton was in the Yardbirds, but what was Ginger Baker in? He was. Uh, uh, he gained early fame as a member of Blues Incorporated. Oh no. <laughs> Hell yeah, Ginger. Motherfucker. Do you think... Hmm, that's wild, man. That's pretty cool. I think that's why it was called... Um, it was called a supergroup because he had been really, in Blues, Incorporated. Blues Incorporated. Oh, yeah. Blues Incorporated is such a... The launching pad for so many careers, man. Oh, absolutely. Him and Cyril Davies. Long John Baldry. Jack Bruce, of course. Malcolm Cecil, Dick Hextall Smith, Art oh, Wood, yeah. Graham Bond, mm-hmm. Herbie Gonis, oh. Danny mm-hmm. Thompson, Duffy Power, mm-hmm. Johnny Parker. Who, who else? Brian Jones. <laughs> you know, I hear Alec Guinness was in the Blues Blues Incorporated at some point too. Yeah, but Brian Jones was in Blues Incorporated. Nice. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, oh, speaking of also, that YouTube link, I saw Alexis oh, Corner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Speaking of that YouTube link I sent you, uh, YouTube. <laughs> I feel like we found this out with the Beach Boys that like the people who comment on the these this band's YouTube uh, are a very specific kind of Beach Boy and Rolling Stone fan. And apparently, the Rolling Stone fans who love watching Rolling Stone YouTube videos and commenting on them are all of the Brian fans. <laughs> it's a whole lot of like r.i.p brian loved him like why did he have to die you know like all that yeah. kind of shit and nobody cares also some people in the comments we will fact check this later but some people in the comments were mentioning this would be this the 66 tour was his last tour with the stones but that would mean they wouldn't have toured at all in 67 maybe, which maybe. doesn't seem like them but then 67 i think is also when they had some legal troubles so maybe they didn't tour We'll figure that out on a future episode. Absolutely. Well, well you want to call it? Well, Pete, 
Oh, thank God we're not listening to another one of those live tracks. This has been the Rolling Stone Studs, and we'll see you next time on the Rolling Stone Studs. From the Rolling Stone Studs to you, Rolling Stone Studs listeners. A Beach Boys Boys production.